0: Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Have you ever wondered why Jesus came to this world? As I studied the answer to this question, I found that there were lots of wonderful reasons, and every single one of them gave me hope. I can't wait to share with you all the reasons why Jesus came. So listen in and be blessed. And it's really about the purpose that God has for us. The purpose that God has for us i'm finding more and more i'm telling you in business in life in church the thing that's missing is the why why do we do what we do and and you you go into any business and you can pretty quickly figure out if the business owner and the employees know why they're doing what they're doing or are they just going through the motions and doing something without remembering why they're doing what they're doing it becomes very evident and in a christian's life if we're not careful we get into the motions and we're doing what and we're talking about how but we forget about the why we forget about the purpose and and in marriage that can happen you can go through the motions and be married and be all caught up in what you're doing and how you're but forgetting the why And the why, really, for just about anything, should always be fundamentally love. Love is the why you do what you do. Why am I married? Because I love my wife. Why is she still married to me? I think because she loves me. No, I know she loves me. All right? Why? I'll tell you why. Why do I have such a fun family, both a church family and a family? It's because we love each other. That's what makes the difference, is the love that we share. And it's got to be a genuine love. You can't fake love. Do you know that? You can fake a lot of things, but you can't fake love. It's, It's impossible. People see right through it. You're a fraud if you're trying to act like you love somebody. And people see right through it. It doesn't take any kind of spiritual discernment. You just see it you weirdo why are you trying to fake things you know be the real genuine person and and that's why you know it's it's good for us to teach our kids to just be themselves but don't be yourself if you're a jerk right be yourself if you're a loving person a kind person a gentle person then be yourself so it's dangerous to tell people hey just be yourself no some people don't be yourself all right (laughs) go hide yourself but getting back to this, this concept of purpose, why on earth did Jesus come to this world that we live in? This trashy, messed up, hosed world. <laughs> why did he come? And you know what the cool thing is the Bible is very, very descript and very clear in why Jesus came. And so what I want us to do is I want us to look at I think it's 11 or 12 things that i find in the old testament now no sir most of us have been around uh but even people that come to church all the time sometimes don't know the bible too well the old testament is that part that that was written before jesus came was born lived and died and then the new testament is that part that was written after those those 40 30 40 years after he died and and that's what constitutes the bible the old and the new testament so we're going to be looking a lot at the old testament to understand the prophecies that explain why did jesus or why was jesus to come now i'm glad we live after all of that happened because we can look back And we can get a lot clearer picture of the plan of God. Those people that were living in Old Testament times and even as Jesus was living, they didn't see the full picture. We're fortunate enough to see the full picture. But why did Jesus come? You know what? Whenever you look at people's intentions, you can trust them better. You can trust them better. So if we understand why Jesus came, you can begin to trust God more. How many of you have a hard time trusting God? I'm raising my hand i'm raising my hand if you don't I'm, I'm believing you're raising your hand on the inside if you're not raising it all right i believe every human being no matter how spiritual and holy and righteous they are they have a hard time trusting god i do for sure and i guarantee you do as well but if you know God's intentions, his purposes, you can trust him better. And my goal is when you walked in the door, you may have had 50% trust in God. When you walk out of the door, I hope you're up into the 70%, 80%, maybe even the 100%. Watch out, it'll go back down again. You got to you got to learn God's intentions. But let's jump right into it. One of the I'm not going to call it the main reasons, but one of the first reasons that the Bible tells us that Jesus was to come was this in genesis twelve three? it says um, god is talking to abraham abraham was he was the father of the hebrews and in the new testament we come to realize that abraham is the father of all those who believe in jesus he's the father of you and me if you have faith in god abraham is your kind of your human spiritual father he's the one that got it all kicked off and in genesis god is talking to abraham when he's about 75 years old and he says in genesis twelve three 3 says i'm going to bless you abraham and i'm going to bless those who bless you and whoever curses you i'm going to curse and all the people on earth will be blessed through you what was god saying one of these days the lineage of abraham was going to be jesus and jesus came his purpose, his intention was to bless you. That's one of the reasons why Jesus came. In Genesis 28, 14, it's made a little bit clear. It says, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and the east, the north and the south, all the people on earth, not just the, not just the Hebrews, not just the Jews, all the people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring all of us you can live your life and never know jesus and god in this lifetime is blessing you why because he gave you a breath to breathe he gave you the chance the option the opportunity to believe in jesus so you are blessed you could be in a wheelchair you could be in the hospital and you are blessed because of jesus it's explained a little bit more in acts 3 verses 25 through 26 by the way we're jumping all over the place if you can't keep up on your phone, can't keep up on your Bible, that's why we put it up here so that you can, you can follow along quickly. Acts 3, verses 25 through 26, it says, And there, uh, and you are heirs of the prophets and the covenants of God that he made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, and it clarifies it, Through your offspring all people of the earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, that's Jesus, he sent him first to you to bless you. He sent Jesus to bless you by turning each of you away from your wicked ways. Now, I want you to think right now, don't tell me what it is, but think of an evil way you've had in your life. That God has turned you away from that evil way. And now can you say, thank you, Jesus, for blessing me by turning me away from my evil ways. I am so thankful for that but that's that's one thing one reason why Jesus came all right Um, here's here's the next one to establish an everlasting covenant with humanity Jesus came to establish a covenant with you and me and I'm gonna explain covenant a little bit more because when I first read this it went right over my head right over my bald head it just went right there it didn't make a whole mean a whole lot to me and yesterday As I was thinking about this It began to mean so much that next Sunday. We're gonna talk exclusively about this piece right here Jesus came to establish a covenant with us. It says in Genesis 17 19 says then God said yes Your wife he's talking to uh to Abraham again. Yes, your wife will bear you a son. You will call him Isaac I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him jesus came to establish a covenant with you now let that sink in just for a second the god of the universe the god outside of the universe sent his son to establish a covenant with you personally now what is a covenant well we could say it's a contract we could say it's filled with promise but i'll tell you what the best example that you and I can understand is the covenant of marriage. Now I'm I'm married to my wife. I have this ring on my hand. When I go on a trip I don't take this ring off. So that people don't know I'm married. No I keep it on and I'll wave it in their face. I am married to my wife. I have a covenant. A life long covenant with my wife. I am hers forever in this life. And she is mine forever. We have a covenant relationship. I'm I'm going to stay faithful to her when she's sick. I'm going to stay faithful to her whenever she's having a bad day. I'm going to stay faithful to her when she's grouchy. I'm going to stay faithful to her when she's pruny and ugly. All right? And uh, and gravity has taken over. I'm going to stay faithful to my wife forever. Jesus has come to make an everlasting covenant with you. A covenant relationship, and in that covenant comes all these promises and benefits, and and uh, just all kinds of good things. What kinds of things come in the covenant that Jesus has with you? Healing. If you're sick, He is in a covenant relationship with you to heal you. You say, "Just my body." No, also my mind. Did you know God healed my mind? Have have you ever had a trouble with mental illness? (laughs) I think all of us have had trouble with mental illness. When you come into covenant relationship with Jesus, and he says, I'm extending my covenant with you, he heals your mind. If you have a loved one who's struggling up here in their minds... You say, Jesus, let them come into a covenant relationship with you so their mind can be healed, so their soul is restored, so their body's restored. His covenant relationship is a provision, but I'm not going to go any farther because I want to wait until next Sunday to talk a little bit more about that. But Jesus came to establish a covenant with you. Let's move on because we have a lot of these to cover. Here's the third one, to establish and rule over the kingdom of heaven. He wants to establish his kingdom here on earth and he wants to rule here on earth. And the foreshadowing of that is our little itty bitty church. (laughs) This is what the kingdom of heaven starts looking like. It's someone whose life is changed. God wants his kingdom to come here on earth and he wants to change your life And he wants to change the lives of those that you love and care for as well. All right. He came to establish his kingdom here in Genesis 49 verse, verse 10. It says the scepter. That's what a king holds that that thing that establishes his authority will not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until uh, until he to whom it belongs shall come and the obedience of nations shall be his jesus came to establish his kingdom here on earth all this mess that's going on in our country god wants to come and establish his kingdom and and start putting away the abuse that goes on in and around us some of us have been abused or know someone who's been abused aren't you sick and tired of that abuse aren't you sick and tired of seeing that loved one go through the abuse and the suffering that they're going through Well, in the name of Jesus, you start saying the kingdom of God come down here on earth. That's the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done, and your prayers begin to establish the kingdom of heaven in that abusive relationship. Your prayers count. Your prayers count. Guess what? If you don't pray, you leave things up to chance and you leave things up to Satan. But when you pray, you establish the kingdom of heaven. You say, Steve, I don't know how to pray. Just whisper a prayer in your mind. A five-second prayer can change that person's situation. God is listening to you. All right, here's a couple of other words, other scriptures that reflect the purpose of Jesus coming in Daniel 7 verses 13 and 14. Daniel's having a vision there. He says, in my vision at night I looked, and there before me uh, was one who looked like the Son of Man. He was having a vision, a foreshadowing of what Jesus was and who he was. He's coming on the clouds of heaven. We sing a song, by the way. He's coming on the clouds. Someday Jesus is coming back. Are you ready for Jesus to come back? He's coming on the clouds. He approaches the Ancient of Days, which is God the Father, and was led into his presence. He was given authority and glory and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, and and it will not pass away. His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. You say well steve i thought that was going to happen you know when the world comes to an end you know what god wants to establish his kingdom right here right now right here right now it's god is waiting for you to start praying that it would happen and your faith mixed with god's will is going to establish his kingdom in those devastating situations and circumstances that you might be facing second samuel 7 verses 12 and 13 it says when your days are over and you're resting with your ancestors i will raise up he's speaking to king david i will raise up from your from your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood and i will establish his kingdom and he will be the one who will build a house for my name this was solomon and i will establish the throne of his kingdom forever you see jesus came from the lineage of kings king david and king solomon jesus came from that from that lineage and god was saying that kingdom is going to last forever king jesus luke Chapter 1 verses 31 through 33 I will conceive oh this is a this is the prophecy of Jesus uh, being born I believe it was to Mary you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus and he will be great and be called son of the most high the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end you want a sure thing An American American citizenship is not a sure thing anymore. It probably never was to begin with. But a citizenship in heaven is a sure thing. You're going to be on the winning side. If you open your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to have the king of kings come in, and you're never going to fail again. (laughs) You'll have troubles. You'll have problems. But God on your side, if God's with you, who can be against you? Let's look at another intention, another reason why Jesus came, to bring his presence near to us forever. In Isaiah 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel. And you say, Well, what is, you said, Steve, that God's going to bring his presence close to us. That was the purpose of Jesus coming. Well, it's explained in Matthew one twenty three. In fact, it's a quote of Isaiah, but the meaning of Emmanuel is explained. The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Why did Jesus come? So that you can be close to God the rest of your life and for all eternity. Now, if everything was stripped away from you, like Job, your health, your family, your finances, and you had nothing left, but you had Jesus with you, you would have all you need. With Jesus on your side, with Jesus close to you, he will restore your money, he will restore your health, he will restore your sanity, he will restore your peace, your love, your joy, he will restore your faith. With Jesus on your side, you're a majority. You have the supreme advantage With Jesus with you why did Jesus come so that you could have God close to you? Here's another one to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Let me ask you Do you believe the devil exists? Do you believe in Satan? I tell you what if a Satanist believes in Satan you better believe in Satan (laughs) You better believe Satan exists you better believe in demons you better believe in evil in this world God sent His Son Jesus to destroy all the works of the devil. Have you ever felt an evil presence? I'm not to weird. I'm not here to weird you out. Have you ever felt fear? It comes from the pit of hell, and Jesus came to destroy all the works of evil, all the works of the devil. Look at this in Genesis three fifteen. I will put enmity. So He's God's talking basically saying this is how things are going to work after adam fell and messed up thank you very much adam i appreciate it <laughs> my life's been messed up ever since genesis 3:15 says i will put enmity between you and the woman in other words between the snake and the woman between the devil and the woman between your offspring and hers he will crush your head <laughs> and you will strike at his foot From the very beginning, right as Adam fell, God had a plan. And his plan was Jesus. And he said, I'm going to send my son Jesus to begin to destroy all the works of the devil. What are some of the works of the devil? Well, if you go to a hospital and you see somebody that's been paralyzed by either an injury or some sickness, that's a work of the devil. Don't tell me that God makes people sick. He doesn't. God wants to heal people. He wants to restore people. If you look at a couple who's, who's divorced and their, their family, their, the kids are ripped apart because of that divorce, that's a work of the devil. <laughs> and God sent Jesus to destroy all the works of the devil. I tell you what, that gets me excited. I want to know Jesus a little bit more if that's the case. If he came to destroy all those works There's many other works. You see somebody impoverished who are watching a documentary and watching folks in India. They're suffering from poverty. They have nothing. That's a work of the enemy. I have found as people get to know Jesus more and more, they become more successful in life because they have faith in God. You want success in your life? Seek the Lord with all your heart. And he's going to help you in ways that you could have never helped yourself. Look at this in Romans 16 verse 20. It says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That's your foot. He's going to empower you to overcome all the works of the devil. In 1 John verses 3 and 8 chapter 3 verse 8 actually the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning since the beginning the reason the son of god appeared was to destroy all the works of the devil or all the devil's works there is clear as day and in acts 10 38 it says that jesus of nazareth came healing all those who were oppressed of the devil if you ever woke up on the wrong side of the bed and there's just a cloud over you i tell you what praise god jesus came to wipe that cloud away from you so that you can have light in your life here's another another reason that jesus came it says to teach us and explain things that we don't understand jesus came so that you could understand things that are a mystery to you they mystify you they're in enigma to you in psalms 78 verses 1 and 2 says my people hear my teachings listen to the words of my mouth i will open my mouth with a parable and i will utter hidden things from an old you know what god is amazing he sent jesus to tell us stories you know what when i don't understand something and somebody explains it to me in a story format it's so much easier to understand the bible says that jesus did explain nothing without a parable Wasn't that good of Jesus that he cared enough to enlighten us by showing us things by telling us these stories and we see this in Matthew 13 uh, 34 and 35 they spoke to the crowd in parables and stories so they could understand what Jesus was talking about. God is not a God of theory. God is a God of practicality, of how you can put things into practice. He came to bring people to a point of decision. Jesus came so that you would make up your mind if you're going to serve God or not serve God. I tell you what, I am tired of sitting on the fence. I want to serve Jesus 120%, and I want you to as well. Jesus came to make you Make up your mind. Are you going to serve God or are you not going to serve God? In Isaiah 8 verse 14, he describes Jesus as a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. But then we see in 1 Peter 2, uh, chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, he says they stumbled. Why did they stumble over Jesus? Because they disobeyed. When are you and I going to start being obedient to Jesus? He has our best interest in mind. He's not there just to give you rules for no reason. Why, why does he want young people to keep themselves pure and to only give themselves to one person, their husband or their wife? Why? Because he doesn't want them having syphilis. He doesn't want them catching AIDS. It's for their own good to not be promiscuous. You see, God cares about us. He gives us rules so that we don't hurt ourselves. You know, if I were a dumb parent when my kids first were little, I would have said, here, come over to the fire, stick your finger in the fire, and see if it it doesn't teach you a lesson. Is that a caring parent? No, I say, look, don't touch the fire. It's going to hurt you. (laughs) That's what God does for us. He gives us rules so that we it's protective it's not invasive he's not trying to keep us from having a fun life he wants to help us keep us from hurting ourselves he also came jesus also came to do good by performing supernatural miracles god is still in the miracle business he did miracles this week all right god still does supernatural why does god do miracles for your to show you how good he is there's something in the back of all of our minds that thinks god isn't good maybe he wants to do me harm maybe he wants to trip me up you know what god is good and he does supernatural miracles in isaiah 35 verses 5 and 6 talks about him opening blind eyes ears that are deaf healing people that are lame allowing people that are mute to be able to speak in matthew 11 2 verses 11 verses 2 and 6 or through 6 it talks about how Jesus in fact came and did this the blind received their sight the lame walked. those who had leprosy were cleansed the deaf could hear the dead were raised and the good news was proclaimed to the poor Jesus came to do good things for you He wants to do supernatural. You know what supernatural is? Whenever you have an impossibility, you can't do it yourself. You turn to God and say, God, can you please help me? And he does something supernatural for you. That's why Jesus came. He also came to be a gentle redeemer and savior for those who don't believe. Religious circles are so messed up. we 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 say you got to believe and god will do something good in your life that's bogus god does good things to you before you ever believe to convince you that he's real and that he loves you and that he's kind and gentle that's the god that we serve in isaiah 42 verses 1 through 4 he keeps talking about justice i'll read it to you he says here is my servant whom i uphold he's speaking of jesus in advance my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out. He will not raise his voice in the streets. I love this. This is the part. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. That's the God that we serve. He doesn't see you when you're weak and step on you and crush you. No, he says, here, let me help you up he's a gentle redeemer we think of God with a big old hammer he's going to clock us over the head every time we mess up that's not the God that we serve he's there to help us up he's a gentle redeemer praise God then I look and don't worry we're almost done are you hanging in there all right let's see where we're at oh man we got plenty of time don't worry Romans chapter 3 verse 23 through 26 let's park here just for a second The Apostle Paul is writing to the Roman church. Now we're in the New Testament. And he says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I have sinned. I sinned this week multiple times. Thoughts, things that came out of my mouth, actions. I messed up. And guess what? You did too. All right? We're not looking for our own perfection. You will never reach perfection on yourself. You can never get to the place where you say, God, look at me. I'm good enough now. That'll never happen. We've all sinned today, tomorrow, yesterday, next week, next month. We fall short of the glory of God. We fall short of His standard. But all, listen to this, are justified freely. What is God's justice? Because in the previous verses, we saw that word justice. What is God's justice? His justice is to justify you. you, Not to nail you. Not to crush you. Not to beat you. Not to punish you. It's to justify you. To make you just as if you never did anything wrong. (laughs) That's God's justice. And he does so freely by his grace through the redemption. Remember that gentle redeemer? All through his redemption, his gentle redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Jesus came as a gentle redeemer to justify you and me. Aren't you glad? God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. Somebody's got to pay. <laughs> I'll give a funny funny time, man. Sarah was cracking me up. We had to take Kyle to a basketball Um, tournament in Austin. This was a long time ago. He was still in high school. Basketball tournament, and as the cards would play, he actually won. We were hoping, ah, I was hoping he'd win, but his sister was hoping he'd lose so that we could just not have to watch basketball for another 20 hours, all right? So (laughs) we're sitting there. She's sitting right beside me. They win, and I look at her because I know what she's thinking, and she looks at me, and she says, someone's going to (laughs) pay. All right? Someone's going to pay for my sin, for my mess ups. Someone's going to pay for your mess ups. Jesus came and paid the price. That's why free to you and to me, it wasn't free to God. Nothing's free. You know, I, I was telling somebody, you know, Google is so cool, everything's free. And he looks at me and says, nothing's free. The advertisers are paying for your free service to get on and do all those cool things that you can do on the internet, all right? Nothing's free. The price was paid by Jesus. He paid for your punishment. So when you're feeling condemned and judged and bad about yourself, ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? Jesus already paid for it. All I need to do is repent because there is something you got to do You've got to acknowledge and say, I am wrong. Right. Jesus is right. Now forgive me, Lord Jesus. That's repentance, is acknowledging your wrongdoing. But it says "A sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood. It was grotesque. It was gruesome. It was painful. It was horrible. It was so bad that his own disciples couldn't stand there and watch him any longer. They ran away out of fear and out of horror. Let me tell you what. Have you ever watched The Passion? That was the least entered. There's no entertainment in that movie whatsoever. It was the most unentertaining. It wasn't meant meant to be entertaining. And it's told to us that the, the, the horror of watching Jesus go through all of that, that movie didn't do an ounce of justice of the suffering that Jesus went through. You and I, I don't think we could have stood to see what Jesus went through. You couldn't have done it. You'd have probably passed out. I passed out once, almost passed out once, just watching my poor wife get an epidural. Can't imagine watching Jesus die? I mean, infinitely worse, infinitely worse. And that's just the physical, the spiritual side is that he took all the sin of the whole world piled on top of him from the beginning of creation to the very last breath that we breathe. Jesus carried all of that. Would you repent of your sins? i will is it worth it to whisper a simple acknowledgement to god god i'm terrible i'm horrible god i'm the worst of sinners i'm the worst offender and acknowledge it so that his redemption can cleanse you it feels so good to be cleaned inside doesn't it oh it feels so good for the blood of jesus to purify all the mess and the muck and the the wrongdoing can you do that can you repent and say, Jesus, I'm wrong. He came to be a gentle redeemer. And all he asks you to do is receive it by faith. That's the should be the easiest thing in the world. We, we make it so complicated. It's just an act of faith. God, I receive your redemption in my life by faith in Jesus. The Bible says those who believe on. On the name of Jesus on not in on <clears throat> we need to stand on top of Jesus <laughs> all right and get inside of Jesus and you will be saved just like Noah stepped into the ark and that was an emblem of his salvation he stepped in he got on the ark he was in the ark and he was saved do the same thing with Jesus stand on jesus and you will be saved absolutely amazing things in the bible let's let's uh just last couple of items here why did jesus come to set the captive free i got that miss to set the set the captive free I, sp- I said it wrong <laughs> i was looking at my notes and i looked up the screen i thought i copied that sure enough it came out wrong in both places isaiah 61 verse 1 the spirit of the sovereign lord is on me because the lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for prisoners Do you have anybody in your family or know of anybody that's a prisoner? They may not be in prison per se, but their life indicates they're an addict. Their life indicates that they're miserable. Their their life indicates that they have no hope. Maybe they've gone to great extents to prove that to you. All right? Jesus came to set that person free. He came to set that person free. You need to start praying for that person in faith. Jesus you came to the earth to set people free. I'm going to start believing like John 8:36 says here. So the son whoever the son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Indeed. In reality they are free. You start, you know what you might say, but they don't listen to God. I'm listening to God, but they don't listen to God. It doesn't matter. Your faith can count on their behalf. Those four guys that had a paralyzed friend, they put them on on this this, uh, gurney type thing. They put ropes. They dug a hole through a ceiling where Jesus was and lowered their friend down. That friend couldn't have faith for himself to save his life. But the faith of those four friends healed that guy. You can have faith for the person who's struggling and your faith can do the trick for them. They're not limited by other people's opinions or thoughts. Praise God. But here's the last one that I want to share with you just real quick. Jesus came to put an end to sin. An end to sin. To finish it. And Daniel, this was eye-opening when I read this this week. Daniel 9, verse 24. He's, again, having one of his visions there. And uh, 70 times sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgressions. talking about nearing the end of of our time, as we know, as the earth. And listen to this, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring everlasting righteousness. Jesus came to end sin. End sin. What is sin? It's anything... That goes against God's commands, His holy, righteous, perfect, glorious commands. The Ten Commandments are as good as they were back then. They are today. They're as applicable now as they were when God gave them to Moses, and they will be as relevant and as important as now as a hundred years from now, if we're still around, or a thousand years from now god's commands are holy pure and good they are good what's what's one of the ten commandments children honor your parents honor your parents all right i'm not going to point at any kids here (laughs) honor your parents but you know what that goes for me honor my parents you know Uh, i was telling someone this week there's a really neat scripture in the bible that says God wants to turn the hearts of the children back to their parents, back to their father, and turn their father's heart back to their children. i tell you what, God wants to do a work in this nation. Families have been broken apart, messed up. There's kids that are grown, grown kids that never knew their father maybe never knew their mother, may have never known either one of them. And if they did know them, it was a terrible relationship, and they just as well never even talked to their parents again. God wants to restore those relationships. He wants to put an end to sin. Romans 6, verse 14, it says, For sin shall no longer be your master, because you're not under the law, you're under grace. You're under Jesus. Anywhere where you read the word grace, you can, you can also say Jesus. Jesus is grace. He is grace. My kids, and I should go to them. I have, in fact. I've apologized to my kids. I've admitted to my kids sometimes when I've done wrong, especially when it hurt them. And they come to me as well. And me to my wife, my wife to me. And you know what? When someone comes to me and says, I screwed up, I am so sorry. You know what I do? I say, it's all right. <laughs> I've messed up before too. That's grace. You don't just hold it over the head and say, yeah, you did mess up, you big jerk. <laughs> and, and just really you know, nail it, take it to him. No way. You show grace. Why? Because Jesus showed grace to you and yeah. me. I, I want to show grace to people who mess up, even if, even if it hurts me. In the last verse, last uh, scripture I'll give you is in Hebrews nine fourteen. It says, how much more then will the blood of Jesus, who through the eternal spirit offered himself un- unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death? God doesn't only, listen to me carefully, God doesn't only forgive you of your sins, He frees you from your sins so that you don't do it again. Every time the most powerful thing you can do in, in your life is to repent. When you repent, the power of sin is broken in your life. The power of sin is broken in your life. I'll give you an example. Given it to you before, I'm sorry. I don't have zillions of examples, so I use some of the same ones over and over again, but I have to do this one. There's this lady at work that a long time ago that just she's mean, oh, she was mean, man, trying to get me fired, and uh just just oh, she's bad news, and uh obviously, I built up a little bit of bitterness towards this lady. <laughs> I was like, I don't like her very much, and uh every time I thought of her, i a little bit of hatred. <laughs> a little bit of anger all right and the lord started dealing with me that is sin yeah what she did is wrong but what you're doing is just as bad or worse the sin of unforgiveness and so i said all right god you're right i have unforgiveness and i want to get rid of it so what i started doing is i started repenting i said i repent of my unforgiveness for this person all right Well, I woke up the next morning and there it was again, unforgiveness, hatred, anger, bitterness. And I said, you know what, God, I forgive her again today. And I repent of my unforgiveness today. Well, I went on like that for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And finally, after about two months of that daily exercise, I felt forgiveness for her. I felt forgiveness. See, repentance breaks the power of sin so that you not only are forgiven of sin but you are free from sin let's bow our heads lord jesus we just thank you heavenly father god for for these reasons that teach us the the purpose for you coming to this earth jesus you came for many reasons we only covered what 11 12 of them but these are found in the prophecies of the old testament that explain in advance why jesus was to come as the messiah why he was to come as, as a as pictured as a lamb lord god he was come coming gently he was coming with grace he was to come with mercy yes he was coming with power as well and authority but he came to serve us of all things jesus the the son of God the son of the king of kings the lord of lords came to serve lord what other god what other majesty what other king would do such a thing the answer is no one would ever ever done that only you god you came with a purpose of love to seek and to save that which was lost lost because of sin Lord, and you gave us some very simple tools to be set free, Lord. One of those being repentance. One of those being faith and believing in you and on you. Lord, help us to reach out and begin to exercise the simple faith that you've given us. Faith in God. Lord, every time we do something wrong, help us just to, it's it's just a quick 15 second exercise. Lord, I repent of saying that word or I repent of thinking that thought or I repent of that action or that reaction. I repent of this bad habit that I have. I repent of this addiction that I have, Lord God. I repent, Lord God, please forgive me, Lord Jesus. Please forgive me, Lord Oh, God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the purpose, the purposes that you you had in mind for coming to this earth, Lord Jesus. Well, just a qu- quick raise of hands. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. Is there something you need to repent of? You, you can think of what it is. Slip up your hand. I just want to pray for you, nothing else. Raise your hand. Don't, don't be ashamed. Anybody? Man, I guarantee you every single one of us should be raising our hands. All right, I just want to pray for you right now. I just wanna pray for you. Lord God, I pray for each and every person that that raised their hands and those that didn't. I pray for everybody right now, Lord Jesus. God, we wanna repent of our sins. We wanna repent of wrongdoing. We wanna repent of those things that hurt us. We hurt ourselves when we sin. Lord God is not free to sin, we're free from sin. Lord God, in raising our hands we say, Jesus, I repent. (laughs) I acknowledge, I say, God, yes, it was wrong. And Lord, I ask that you help each and every one of us, Lord Jesus, to be free from that sin and to believe on Jesus and to believe in Jesus. Lord God, so that we can be set free. And I thank you, Lord, for it. In your name I pray, Lord God. Amen.